0: Even if you're not a mommy, happy Mommy's Day. So it's good to, good to have Craig with us again. And he brought his, his chauffeur, his chaperone along, I should say, today too. <laughs> his better half, yes. And uh, Craig told me this before he came in that He's going to take his lovely wife to Hotel Hershey for lunch. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I'd help you out there, Craig. Is is
1: that part of the deal?
0: (laughs) 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 Good comeback. (laughs) There you go. Uh Well, okay, we... uh, don't think we have uh, anything uh, pressing to announce. Uh, Joel and Nancy are not here today. Uh, Nancy has a pretty bad cold, Christine said. She called this morning and said they wouldn't be here because of that. So uh, they're staying home. Uh, but we're in good shape otherwise. And with that in mind, let's, let's talk about our joys and concerns. Let me get my disguise on here and we'll see if anybody has anything that they need to uh, address. Christine, do you have anything or was everything updated? Everything was updated, but Oh, okay. All right. Everything's u- Okay. So, okay. we'll start with Marion. Todd's back in the hospital. He came home Tuesday and he was back in on Friday. And he has had four blood transfusions in the past two days. And uh, his mom called me this morning that he had texted her that he's feeling better. And he slept well last night. And his uh, heart
2: rate is down. So hopefully he'll get better. And uh, keep praying.
0: There's a lot going on with that young man, so, you know, it's, uh, it's tough on your body to make a pullback, so we'll keep him in prayer. Anyone else have something to share? Pat, how's mom?
2: She's holding her own. Uh, they said she made it through the night without, the night without coughing. I didn't get an update this morning yet, but as far as I know, she's hanging in.
1: Okay. Good yep.
0: Anyone else have anything they need to share? Well, I think
2: I should say about Lucille yeah,
0: that would be good.
2: I was just looking on that. Uh, yeah, I had talked to Lucille this week, and I knew different ones I'd ask about her. Uh, She's about the same. She said, oh, it, it sure is a slow process here, she goes. It's, it's not going as fast as I thought it would, of healing, you know. But uh, yeah, she's had quite an ordeal, because she never had anything with the heart that she had to deal with it, so it's something totally new, and within her body, you know, and having the four stents put in was quite an ordeal. I mean, I've seen her, I had visited with her, the other week I was over and, and took a meal over and stuff and we had a good conversation. I mean she was she's in good spirits in her own way yeah. but, but she did look very tired. Yeah. Very tired. Yeah. And it's gotta be that way for a little while I yeah. think. Yeah. Like she said, it's just not going as quick as I thought it would of healing. Yeah. I mean she misses not being here and, and thanks everyone for her prayer for the prayers for her too.
0: We'll keep her in in prayer. Anyone else have anything? Well, I got got some news last week that our pianist will not be with us the last Sunday of this month. 23rd, I think that's the last Sunday, isn't it? Yeah. She's getting married. <laughs> 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 A- Amy just fainted. <laughs> the last Sunday. The last Sunday is the, 30th, so the 23rd. The 23rd. Okay, okay, good. I knew it was the 23rd, but I didn't... Okay, so uh, that's Tractor Sunday at West Greentree. So They're going to go over there and participate, which is something they've done every year, and that's great. So I just want to warn you, uh, the 23rd, unless somebody here can play an instrument, I know Dave can, uh, he can play the tuba. (laughs) Unless somebody here can play piano or something like that, we will not have any us but we will pick hymns that we can sing uh, a cappella, something that uh, is... <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, that's a start. <laughs> oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> you had to make a choice there that's
2: okay
0: yeah 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 it has been We're not. We're not. Yeah. We're not saying that to embarrass you, Megan. But you. You are really a blessing to us, and we're so glad that you've stepped up and helped us out. So, uh, but okay, that's. That's not a, a, a devastating effect on us. We we like to sing, but, we will. Uh, we will get through it. As much as we, can. I'm just kidding you. I'm just kidding you. Speaking of music, we have an opening hymn to sing. It's number 560, For the Beauty...
1: Is that better? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Thought I turned it on. So one of my love handles must have gotten away. <laughs> uh, first want to say happy Mother's Day to everybody today. and uh, even if you aren't a mother, uh, after doing my studies this week and uh, <clears throat> to prepare this sermon. I think every female has the motherly instincts in her. And today I want to talk about, we often think of God as the father, but it tells us through scripture that uh, he has many uh, motherly qualities and the motherly love. So we're going to go over some of them today. When we study the mothering side of God, we discover a God who yearns for intimacy with us. The Holy One longs to be close to his people as mothers long to be close to their children. Last month, when I was here, the first time I ever preached to yous, we went over God being the Father. And for everyone here, that's not very hard to cons- of a concept to get your head around. We have heard it, read it, we have heard it, we have read it, and we even sing songs about it. While we are comfortable talking about God as the Father, many of us break out in a sweat at the suggestion he is also like a mother. Today I want to assure you that I am not making an attempt to be politically correct, but I would like to rather be biblically precise. As Oswald Chambers has written, the mothering affection of God is revealed through the Old Testament. Furthermore, when we say that God is like a mother, just echoes what the Scripture teaches us. Our God, keep in mind that we're working with metaphors. Scripture compares him not only to the Father, but also to a mother eagle, a lioness, a womb that gives birth, and a mother hen watching over her chicks. God is not human, so to, so to try to only think of him as human form limits us to the greatness of God. After all, we are told that God is the father, a mother, a shepherd, a king, a fire, a shield, and a rock. These words provide comparisons for us to help, each, help us understand who the Almighty One is and what He is like. Each image has its limitations, of course. For example, there are ways in which God is like a father, other ways in which He is not. Our task is to discover out of the many possibilities what the metaphor is intended to tell us about God. Much of my discomfort, and I'm sure yours as well, is comparing God to a mother, is that we have tended to conceive of God a male. Even though God clearly is neither male or female, Scripture helps us understand God by using masculine and feminine languages. Even when he is called a father, we are dealing with a metaphor. God is not flesh or blood, but the language of fatherhood evokes many truths that are appropriate to who God is and to the nature of our relationship with him. Today, I do not want to ignore or explain away the feminine metaphors. They are, there are Bible professors who spend a lot of time and have done extensive study of medieval literature and believers that the worship of Mary in the Catholic Church stems largely from centuries of failure to study and appreciate these feminine metaphors. The church has been left with a lopsided, masculine picture of God. Those in the Catholic Church needed Mary as an avenue to express the godly truths of compassion, acceptance, and nurturing. When we study the mother side of God, we discover a God who yearns for intimacy. The Holy One longs to be close to his people as mothers long to be close to their children. Here is an area where our wives have a distinct advantage over us. For nine months, they've carried their children in a warm, safe, cozy place. I do not believe that their life will ever be secure again. Of Yeah, by the time that the children get to see our faces, it was the worst day of his or her life. It was forced from its place of sanctuary. It was spanked, wiped roughly with a towel, given a shot, had blood taken, placed under bright lights, poked and prodded. Talk about a rotten day. But then the child decides that he may survive when someone hands him back to his mom, and hears that familiar sound of her heartbeat, the soothing sound of her voice. Again, he is close and secure. I believe that 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 is the picture that this is painted for us in the last chapter of the book Isaiah, when God speaks of his people returning from exile. Turn with me to Isaiah 66, 7 and 8. I think we'll pray before we go into reading that, dear heavenly Father, please give me the the words to say here today, please give me the the words that give uh all the moms and and uh the love and insight that we we need uh, not all of us ever had a real nurturing mother and stuff uh but just give us that forgiveness and, and uh, if you haven't talked to your mom in a while, just uh, give her a call today and try to patch things up. And we do this all in the name as you command us, Lord, to live one, love one another no matter what like you have loved us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In in that scripture of Isaiah 66, 7 and 8, before she goes into labor, she gives birth. Before the pains come upon her, she delivers a son. Who has ever heard of such a thing? Who has ever seen such a thing? Can a country be born in a day or a nation be brought forth in a moment? Yet no sooner is Zion in labor than she gives birth to her children. Then if you will go down just five verses, the picture changes to a mother comforting her child. And that's Isaiah 66:13. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you, and you will be comforted over Jerusalem. As a mother comfort her child. In Psalms 131, one through three, the psalmist compares our relationship to God to that of a wean child with its mother. My heart is not proud, O Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or thinking too wonderful for me. But I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me, Oh, Israel, your hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. Prior to weaning, there are many reasons a child might want to be with mom, but the most of them have to do with what she can provide. She is the great supplier of life, much as the Lord is, as she feels the need for sustenance. A weaned child, however, learns to be satisfied in merely being with their mother. It's often very different with a dad. When I got to spend time with my kids, it was time to wrestle, roll around on the floor. Dad, let's play soccer or go fishing, dig a hole. It is very rare that the kids will just plop down on a couch just to be near me. But every hour of every day, the kids climb up on mom or ask to be held. Just as the kids have learned to just enjoy mom's presence without hoping to get something from her, I believe that we, who are the sons and daughters of God, ache for God's presence. We long for moments to be with him, to sense his nearness, not, to be, not because of what he can give us, but because of who he is. We long for moments to be with him, to sense his, mean, his nearness. The wean relationship is a restful one. Eugene Peterson put it this way, Christian's faith is not neurotic dependence, but childlike trust. We do not have a God who forever indulges our whims, but a God whom we trust with our destinies. The language of motherhood evokes not only the thought of intimacy, but also the idea of protection. God is a fierce protector of us, us of us or his children. And Hosea thirteen eight says that God is a bear whose cubs have been taken away. Deuteronomy thirty two eleven says that God is an eagle guarding her nest, and we and we read in Matthew twenty three thirty seven that God is a hen brooding over her chicks. Kids, this is why your mom always wants to know about your life. All those questions about how your day went at school. Who are your friends? When can I meet their parents? Where do you think you are going? Whose house are you staying at? Did I ever meet their parents? Do you have homework? Are you struggling with any subjects? How are your grades? How do you feel? What are you thinking about? It's all because she is concerned for you, what is happening in your life and what has mattered. She loves you. She's not trying to be overprotective or nosy. She just wants to show her love for you. Part of being concerned is being protective. We often think of dads in this role as protection, kind of macho images, but moms are very protective also. We see it through the whole animal kingdom. What are some of the most dangerous animals? The most dangerous, one of the most dangerous is a bear when you get between her and her mother and her cubs. Other animals with young, moose, deer, lions, elephants, you name it. If it's a mom and she thinks you're a threat to her young, she is a danger. Even a cow. We don't think of a cow as very... uh, uh, Aggressive, But if uh, they have a young calf and you step between them, sometimes they can get pretty, pretty aggressive. This is a great picture in Scripture where God compares himself to the protective mother. In Deuteronomy 32, 9 to 11, for the Lord portion is his people, Jacob, his allotted inheritance. In a desert land he found him, in a barren and howling waste, he shielded him, and he cared for him. He guarded him as the apple of his eye, like an eagle that stirs up his nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carry them in to the pinions. An eagle that stirs up the nest and hovers over its young. Guess which eagle does that. It's the mother. In this passage, God again uses the picture of a mother to give a picture of his love for us and his concerns. The protection of a mother is not just physical protection, though. She would lay down her life in an instant. That is what Scripture is talking about when it refers to God being our rock, our shield, and our fortress our hiding place, and our shelter. God is the one who never abandons us in time of danger. He protects us in our suffering. When I was writing this and and going over it, uh, a lot of it wasn't making sense to me. So The other morning I woke up at a 2.30 in the morning and things came to me, so I finished it then. But it came uh, when I was thinking about Jenny and and our kids. And uh, we used to raise chocolate labs and we had a a dominant female chocolate lab. And my daughter was a little petite thing and uh, the the dog thought it it was the boss of, of our daughter. And uh, I can remember it growling and going after Jesse just one time, and Jenny got between her and the dog. And that I'm not talking a chihuahua; I'm talking an 80, 90 pound lab. She had the dog by the neck, and the dog's feet weren't no longer on the ground. <laughs> That's what came to my mind. So uh, I, I should have probably put Mrs. Lookinbill in with those animals. I, <laughs> Everyone has moments growing up when they want to curl up and just call out, I want my mommy. Scripture is telling us there is one, like a mother, who we can come to no matter what, one who will surround us with love and protection. He is the last breath. With his last breath on the cross, Jesus cried out, Into your hands I commit my spirit. At the worst moment in his life, Jesus ached for the compassion and love of his of God his Father could give. I wonder today into whose hands we will commit our spirit when we are faced the worst time in our lives, with aging parents, endangered marriages, rebellious children. Finally, yeah, financial problems, frightening symptoms, unexpected diagnosis, embarrassing pasts, or unsure futures? Into whose hands will we commit our lives when one of these situations, that, these are everyday situations in our lives, and are we gonna be willing to commit our lives into the hands of, of God? Another idea suggests by, by the language of motherhood is that of endless devotion. When no one else will receive you, mom will. You're never too sick. You're never too ugly. You're never too naughty or bad. In Luke 15, we see God compared to a woman sweeping the house. Frantically at search of a lost coin, she is desperate to find it. The coin, as the parable, represents the people with God's love. The story clearly illustrated what the author Chesterton calls the furious love of God. The next story, which I preached about a couple weeks ago, is in Luke 15 also. It is about the father who wouldn't let go of his son. What a powerful parallel that is. And yet it could be told for a mother, welcoming her child back. Mothers of prodigal children never stop praying or waiting. I'm not Joe's mom, but I, I told you a lot about our, our son. I even used him last week, and he was the one that, that is, is a recovering alcoholic and drug addict. And uh, as well as me praying, but I can remember Jenny just saying he needs a good woman in his life, and that was one of her prayers, and uh, it, it, the woman he's with, it, it was an answer to prayers. What would the parable of the prodigal son sound like if the imagery was feminine instead of masculine? Perhaps it would be like the sad Brazilian story that Max Licato told. A beautiful young woman named Cristina left her mother Maria to try her luck in a big city, but with mere survival, much more difficult than she had imagined, Christina turned to prostitution to put food in her stomach and a roof over her head. The effects of hard living and sin quickly began to take a toll on Christina's beauty and disposition. She became lonely and depressed, wanting more than ever to return to her mother and their tiny village. But how could she after what she has done, what she has became? Her life of misery just continued. But Maria, after figuring out what her restless daughter had done, scraped enough money together for a bus ticket and headed off to the city to find her. She combed the bars and the hotels, hoping and searching in prominent places. She left pictures of herself in hopes of her daughter would see them. On the back of the pictures, she had wrote a message. By this time, her money had run out and She had to return home without finding her daughter. Then one evening, as Christina descended the stairs from her room, she saw one of the pictures in the hotel hotel parlor. She grabbed it and ran her fingers over it. She was like a little girl caressing her mother's face. Then she noticed the note on the back which said simply said, I love you no matter what you have done, please come home. And just like that, that is what she did. Our God is like this mother, wanting to cradle, longing to n- nurture, and yearning to protect, aching to forgive. Isaiah pre- presents this clearly in Isaiah 49, 15. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast? and have no compassion for the child she has born. Though she may forget, I will never forget you. God's love knows no end. It is a maternal love that knows no limitations. Just as there is a father's love, there is also a mother's love in the land and again. A satisfaction of our deepest needs can only be met by this one describing in scripture as like a mother. Many have never felt the comfort or or intimate protective relationships with loving mothers. Maybe their mothers were cold, distant, suffered from depression, were cruelly abused, or maybe were completely absent. But even God's mothers can't be perfect. In all our needs, only God can do that. When we turn our longings for a mother relationship from our human women, who can never measure up to a loving God who is perfect and loving, draws us close up to comfort us, we can finally experience that unconditional nurturing love we've been yearning for. Share with you my closing thoughts is, unfortunately, some of the saddest words and unfortunately some of the saddest words in scripture apply to us today. We read in Deuteronomy 32:18, you forgot the God who gave you birth. It is my hope and prayer that we never forget God. May we remember how God carried us, how he gave us birth. He nurses us to health and continues to love us with a perfect mother's love. May we thank that no may we be thankful that the one that gives us life, may we spend the rest of our lives saying thank you for loving us, Jesus, just the way we are.